Is work-life balance a myth? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment, we have Kristen Baker, an entrepreneur and director of coaching with Luscious Mother. We hope you enjoy the episode today. And remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. Is work-life balance a myth? I can't tell you how many clients I've come to me and say, all I want is work-life balance. And unfortunately, one of the things I say to them is work-life balance is a myth. It has been. It's something that the U.S. has sold us as something that's obtainable and what we should be striving for for a long time. So what does that actually mean for us? Does that mean that we're always going to be out of control of our own schedules? Not necessarily. Here's what I think. I think that you can create balance on your terms. So what does that actually mean? Well, the first place to start is looking at what would actually have you sourced. And what I mean by that is what has your gas tank full? Instead of operating on a half tank or a quarter of a tank all the time, what would have you feel so supported in a way that you're creating the balance that you dream of? I think in order to do that, we have to get really, really clear on what our priorities are. Do you like to work? Do you hate working? Do you want to be at home more with your kids? Do you want to make sure that you have help or send your kids to school? Do you want to spend more hours at the office? Do you want to spend more hours at home? Do you want more play or fun in your days? Do you want some days off? where most of society doesn't have Mondays or Fridays off. These are all just places to start looking to see what would your ideal day be like if you could make it up from scratch. So the first thing you could do is sit down and write out your ideal day from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep. Look at every hour, everything that you want to get accomplished, but also the things that you desire, not necessarily need. Although we got to get some of those needs in there too, right? Like sometimes we got to get some work done. So write out your ideal schedule from top to bottom and then start practicing for the week. The goal is to get 80% of the schedule, not 100% because we're not going to get it right every single time. And we're really just looking at, does this work for you? Is this the kind of balance you were craving or is there something else that we need to create? So that's number one, create your ideal schedule. Number two is looking at what would actually have that gas tank full. So sometimes people say, well, if I eat well and I sleep well and I exercise, those are the things that have my gas tank full. But if there are things that you're already doing and you're doing them well and you still don't feel like your gas tank is full, take a look at what are the things you really desire that you're not allowing yourself right now. So for instance, one of the things I noticed in my life that I really needed is to go outside for 30 minutes a day without my cell phone and walk with my pups in the sunshine. I wasn't reliable to do this. So this is something that I put on my list every day that needed attention to, to create balance. So again, if you're going to put something on your list to track daily of sourcing yourself and your gas tank, 
Start with things that you know you want that you're not giving yourself, not necessarily things you do well already. And the last thing is remember that nothing is perfect. It's about noticing and continuing to practice so you're spending a large majority of your day on your terms, which therefore creates balance, but balance on your terms. So if work-life balance is a myth, then from there, you get to create whatever you want. Today, I have the amazing Kristen Baker, who I absolutely adore. I cannot wait for you to hear from this woman. Um, Her soul, her heart, her empathy, her compassion is off the charts. Um, we recently met. We are new friends. We've only known each other for roughly six months or so, but I immediately fell in love with this woman. Um, she's a powerful coach. She's the director of coaching at Luscious Mother. And Kristen, thank you so much for just being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm overjoyed. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and who you like to coach and work with in the world. Okay. Well, let's see. I am... Let me think about all my different roles. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm myself. That's frankly who I am, Elena. But I'm also, I also play some parts in my life, which is the role of mom to my six-year-old daughter, Avery. That's a very important uh, role that I play in life. That means that I am occasionally puppeteer, frequently, frequently artist, chef, extraordinaire, you know, like in science experiment mode with child and most frequently playmate. I'm married to a very hot man named Ben. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm very proud of his muscles. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to And I, I work with um, moms in my practice about, I guess about three years ago now I had this, I was working with a specifically wonderful mother as she moved through her pregnancy and became a new mother. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized in working with her, the value of normalizing her experience of motherhood because it wasn't going the way she thought it was going to go. And uh, when I realized that, it occurred to me that bringing women together in groups would be something that would be really, really powerful for them, especially new moms. And so I became really passionate about working with moms as a result of working with this very special human. And also because I passionately love being a mom. And there's a lot of stuff out there that's talking about how like motherhood is wine time and, um, you know, supposed to be like this super hard struggle. And while I Mm. completely understand the struggles of the modern American, I'll speak from that experience because that's my experience, mother, I don't think it has to be that way. So that's what I'm about. I love that. And I already love your stand for women that it doesn't have to go that way. Cause that's something Aaron and I have talked about in our journey to becoming parents is, will it be hard? Will we have to change a whole bunch of things about our life? Will we be different people, which is something that we don't want to give up. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's like this belief that we have to give up things. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't things that we give up. We do, but it's more of a shift. And, um, and we don't have to buy into the things that we're told we have to give up. Mm, I love that. Well, and how does that relate to being uh, working through Luscious Mother? Like, tell us a little bit about what Luscious Mother is and what yeah. your role there is. 
Yeah, um, Luscious Mother is a company um, for women, by women, basically for mothers, by mothers. We're a collective of trained and certified life and leadership coaches. And so the whole business is run by us. And our highest mission is really to support moms in their pursuit and creation of great lives, however they choose to define them. Um, we think it's really important that we allow women to define what a great life is for them and that it doesn't have to be defined by what other people think is great. You know, my version is going to be really different from your version. So that's really important. And the way that, you know, we support women is in showing up as their best, best selves everywhere. Um, we're really about women getting to be um, themselves at work, at home, that it's all integrated, that you don't have different places that you show up like this and this place and this and this place. Yeah. So it's like really like a full experience of you just getting to be you. And also you happen to be a mom and that is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need, we need more of that information out there for sure. Yeah. yeah. So how has this been during this time? Like during the oh. pandemic, during, you know, racial unrest and social unrest in the world, what have you seen in your industry and in your line of work with, with moms? Oh my gosh, Elena, I don't know where to start with that question because I have so many thoughts crashing into my brain right now. I'd say, I well, first of all, Luscious Mother is the brainchild of Sarah Olin, who is a wonderful, fantastic, amazing coach. I know you know her. And, oh, yeah. um, incredible. Founded Luscious Mother about I think, six or seven years ago now. And then expanded. So she and Anna, her business partner, Anna Conathan, um, expanded into this group of these eight founding members, all of us. And we all got together last November and we were like, great, we're going to launch Luscious Mother into the world as this big company where we provide more services because we saw we could together do something bigger than we could each. We were all doing the same thing on our own in these little boxes. You know, we were like, wow, we could with our powers combined wind and water. Anyway, so we all got together to create this business and we envisioned it happening somewhere, you know, in the summer with this big, new, beautiful website and launching things. And then the pandemic happened and all of the sudden moms were home with their kids all the time and still doing their jobs, but remotely and having to think on the fly, which is a thing that you're great at when you become a mom, you just, it's like an automatic skill set, But we were like, we cannot wait any longer to launch this business because moms are in the, there, there are words I'm thinking that are not appropriate for this conversation, but like difficult state right then and there. Yeah. Like we started offering, you know, free community calls every Friday so that moms could get together and be heard and seen and just sort of express like what was going on. And also because we know the mom brain combined when you bring a lot of women together and letting them see how the others are coping it's like a crazy bowl of brilliance. Mm -hmm. Everybody's contributing ideas and solutions and ways that they're coping. And um, that can be really, really helpful. That was our intention. So we just kind of launched really messy, you know, we're like building the wing as we're flying the plane. <laughs> as we all do. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, to answer your question about the state of the world, you know, as a white woman, I'm speaking as a white woman from my white experience. And so I don't, I wouldn't dare to speak about someone else's experience. What I can speak about is my experience as a mother. And, um, you know, I don't want to get like crazy emotional here, but like as a mom, I don't think that there's any such thing as anyone else's children. And so, um, 
you know, when George, George Floyd happened and when he called mom, you know, I, I do believe that every mother in the world felt that like deep twist of pain in her heart. And, and, um, we are really committed at Luscious Mother to doing our work so that we can show up in a way that lifts all moms and not just white moms. And I, I know that that will require a lot of us, you know, and we are, we're for that, um, for the discomfort, for making ourselves better and really taking a look at our privilege and all of the things that um, that requires. So, yeah. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your stance and thanks for sharing what Luscious Mother is up to, because I think it's really important to be supporting businesses and communities that are doing the work, as we said, not just Mm -hmm. talking about it, but actually creating some action. And I know you all have done such a great job. There's lots more for us to do, you know, and we're really, really committed to it and clear on what, what, what's next. So yeah. So beautiful. I want to go back to a second to these uh, community calls that you spoke about, because what I heard was uh, that it takes a village (laughs) and it's still is still taking a village even in uh, pandemic times. And um, I'd love to know more about how are you, how are you treating well-being right now with not only your, your clients, but yourself as a mom? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, so I think I'll start with myself probably. That makes the most sense to me. Um, for me, this pandemic has been a lot about with my relationship to well-being has been grounded in like possibility and for mm-hmm. there there was a period of time where at the beginning of all of this I thought it's not going to be possible for me to have my well-being <laughs> how am I going to launch a new business while I'm still running my other business while I'm getting my child into this whole other like zoom format of life you know it used to mess up my day if she missed school because she was sick for one day <laughs> and now she's home all day long. <laughs> and now she's like, she's right there. I mean, she's like through these doors. So, you know, I mean, plus all of the, like, the emotional um, debris going on with there being a pandemic and then all of the unrest that's going on in our society, which has been going on the whole time. And I'm only just noticing because of me being white. Anyway, other conversation, other conversation, um, you know, but. We're part of the conversation. It's good. I love it. Conversation. Really? Like it's my well-being around that was that I had to grieve and scream and cry and be totally ashamed around um, the protests and everything that was going on and feel like crap about myself for about like two solid weeks. And then I, after I laid on the floor for a while, I got up and started putting things in place. Like I put books in place and got, you know, onto a surge schedule for showing up for racial justice and started reading and started talking to my kid every day. Like that was well-being action number one. I needed to be in action or else I couldn't be with myself. The other thing that has manifested for me well, around well-being has been um, I have a new beautiful little dog. We lost our dog right before the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, and it was, as you know, I was with you. It was a deeply saddening time for me. And we got a new dog and she's right now. And, um, I take her, she's like younger than my other dog was an older dog. And this dog is like a puppy. And she is like, I need to walk every single day. And yeah, right now. So I walk her for, and I've noticed that my walks are getting longer and longer, you know, like that, how much I need that time. Um, I felt a lot of like 
I'm lonely, yet I never get to be alone. It's such a strange juxtaposition. So when I take her out, that walk is my sacred time with myself. I talk to God while I'm on the walk. I check in with me. I'm asking myself, like, how am I doing? What do I need today? I can't actually talk out loud. I sometimes wonder. (laughs) So do I. It's okay. I just just claim that most people think I'm crazy and it's okay. I am. (laughs) And I saw this woman who's frequently out in her garden when I'm walking. I was like, she goes, she's thinking to herself. There goes that woman who's always talking to herself. (laughs) But hey, you know what? My well-being is most important. So I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's a running joke in my family. My mom and I talk to ourselves all the time. Oh my gosh. We just accept it. I'm glad that it's acceptable to you, Elena. I too shall accept myself and my my talking to myself. Anyway, so that in the long and short of things is that I needed, to me, well-being is constantly evolving. And in this pandemic, it's also been a major evolution and of seeing what works and what my needs are and how to meet them. Um, And so I'm just trying to be extremely present daily to the process because what I find is that I need something new and different a lot of days. But like that walk being true means that I can actually be present to what I need. Without that walk, I would be so, I don't know, like hyped up that I probably wouldn't be able to tell what I needed. Yeah. And it sounds like, uh, I also hear that there's like this staple thing, the walk. For me, it's like getting up and coffee and a walk with the dogs as well. So you and I are similar there. And then checking in every day, like, what do I need? Yeah. That part is the most important. And, And that actually evolved in the pandemic. I was kind of looking for a spiritual practice and I was making it really complicated. As usual, my coach was like, why is this so hard, Kristen? (laughs) But over time, I just discovered like I always would put a podcast in my ears or like, you know, look, talk to my friends in Marco Polo during my walks. And what I really, really needed is was like self-connection. And I was sort of relating to it. Like I couldn't have that because I couldn't get away from my family, who I love mostly. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's so funny. I said that it became like less of a luxury and more of a necessity. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, Same. yes. I, I think it's been what's gotten me through since I started doing that. I can actually, you know, state my mental health is incredibly improved. Mm. So um, just being present to what I need and how I'm doing, I guess. It doesn't mean I have to be fine. It's just that I know that I'm not fine. Right. Well, and you're asking what you need moment to moment, yeah. which I think is incredibly powerful. Talk to me more about spirit. You are such a spiritual woman. Um, and we talk about this in many different ways, you and I, uh, yeah. in our groups. But what do you think that uh, the universe has you here for? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Um, I would never dare to assume what it has me here for, first of all. I would like to point out that I totally <laughs> And whatever you want me to do, I'm here for it. Um, I... I, you know what, I think that my, um, my current interpretation of what I'm doing here is to create the possibility for moms to, I, I'm careful about saying to have it all because I don't want to put pressure on moms that they have to, because Mm -hmm. that isn't disempowering. And that's not my intention whatsoever, but it's actually that moms get to say how it goes. And that is really, really important to me. And so I had to learn in my own life as a mother that it doesn't work when you put everybody else ahead of you. And that is exhausting and makes me resentful, kind of bitchy and kind of mean, not very nice to my husband. A lot of things happen um, when I'm putting everyone else first. It's just not sustainable. 
And so um, what I believe is my current interpretation of what I'm doing here is that um, I'm being the possibility for other women that they too can put themselves first and be sourced and have like have their rest and have their well-being and feel good. And also they don't have to give anything up as a result. Yeah. And that it's all, it sounds like that it's all through choice. So it's not necessarily about giving something up, but how do you want to spend your time and what do you choose? Yeah, exactly. And just taking a look at like, I get to spend it that way because I think the thing in the way is frequently us where we don't think it's possible to have two little kids and still, you know, work out the way you want to work out or, and this is like a very simple example or, you know, like be happy and joyful or have your own um, creative time. It just, it's sort of this bill of goods that's sold to us. Like you can't have that till those kids grow up, Mm. but that's BS, Elena. No. Thank goodness. Cause my, you know, my limiting belief is I, like, I won't be a fun mom. <laughs> I'll my fun I guess, oh my God. You have to be a fun mom for your kids. I know. I literally was like, I, I think I want to be that. So. No, it is really cool because you do get like, we, I, I too, I too had that thing where I was like, I thought I had to be like a new different person after I had a baby. And I think mm. the best part about motherhood is I get to be more me than ever. I want to know what you think is on the other side of this for the world first. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say the other thing I'm thinking of, well, or I could just say it now, but it's, um, I just have so many clients that right now are, are thinking that they have to go backwards in time, right? Mm-hmm. They're sort of in this place where they're like, um, I just can't, I can't do it all right now. Like I'm back. I feel like I, one of my clients said to me, I feel like I'm back in 1950s where yeah. it's all on me to do all of the caretaking again. And to work a full-time job, I'm working more than I've ever worked before. I still have to show up and be powerful in the C-suite arena. And um, I'm just wondering what, what do you have for those types of women that are thinking that? And what's on the other side of this? First of all, ton and tons and tons of compassion and love for what she's going through, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not alone. I have that for her also. And... I think that there is this belief being, again, like sold to us that that's how it's got to be. And um, the cool thing about, about like us being in the driver's seat of our own lives and not like hanging on to the back of the minivan bumper, as Sarah likes to say, is that um, we get to say how it goes. And so if we think that it has to be that we have to go back to the 1950s, we will. But if we're like, there has got to be another way and we hang on to that belief like it's our God-given freaking duty, another way will show up. Mm. And I just, from like a spiritual side of things, this is how I operate in life also. Like, I don't know how that's going to work, but I know that if I say so, it's going to happen. Like, that's what I believe to be true. And that's the thing that I support my clients with really is just being willing to declare that there's another way for this to go and they don't have to figure it out. Mm. We'll do it together. But as long as you say that there's, this does not have to be this way, it won't be. But when you accept like, this is how it has to be, that's when we get into um, in trouble. And I realize that this is kind of like a nebulous answer to your question, but I think that the, the, the root cause is that we don't believe any other way is possible. 
Yeah. And with current circumstances in front of you all the time, right? It gets easy to get into that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's something possible, but right now I'm just going to power through. Yeah. And that's been like the conversation that I've been in with all my clients around well-being throughout the pandemic, because I also felt like this. It's a radical thing to say, yeah, I know there's a global pandemic and I still get to take care of myself. You know, and I don't want to step over that I am more privileged than many, many people and that I do get to take care of myself in a different way because of that. However, this is true for every person. Mm -hmm. Just have to be willing to say, I do get to do this. And if you are and you stick with it, you know, it will happen. I think for me, like the boundaries has been a major thing about, you know, like what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. I need way more rest than usual right now. So, um, you know, I, when I, when you say like, what do you have for those C-suite women? Yeah, I think yeah. that that's my answer for you is like, is to take a really good hard look at what your priorities are and, you know, what's the most important thing to you and does your life reflect that? And if it doesn't, not a problem, just make some changes so that it does. You know, I've had to enroll on my clients. Boundary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, I don't work on the weekends because I need to be with my kids or because I'm exhausted because it's a pandemic and I'm taking care of my kids while I'm also being a CEO and working harder than ever. So I'm off on the weekend. Yeah. Or even I have lunchtime and it's untouchable between 12 and one. (laughs) You know, it's not easy, but like it, it may require us to retrain the people that are used to us being available during those times also, but that's what putting yourself first looks like. And I think it's, it's especially like a boundaries conversation. It is especially important conversation during the pandemic because we don't have expansive amounts of time typically right now where you might not have had to do that before. You might need to like take a look at what would serve you best now and then just really stick to it because people will try to step over that over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll oh, give up so to good. Yeah. So good. Um, I'm curious, what, what vision do you have for the future as a mom? So what's the vision that you have through your work with moms for the next generation? Oh, man. It's interesting. Like my, my ultimate goal is that all the children receive the love they deserve. You know, like this is, this is a, that's like the very like long-term ultimate goal. Um, what I see in, um, in my work, which is, you know, having women retrain our brains so that we get to come first. Um, in, in Luscious Mother, we call it trickle-down momonomics. <laughs> <laughs> when you okay. fill mom's cup, then yeah. you know and trust that the rest of your family is going to benefit. And if I got my husband into this room right now and sat him next to me and said, hey, how did it go for you when I started taking care of myself? He'd be like the most outspoken advocate. And he's a quiet man about, <laughs> about how that goes, you know? Yeah. So um, what I see for the future is in doing this, we are unleashing the power of all of these women who are kind of running on empty right now and um, who don't get to show up as fully as they would otherwise in the world. And like the thought of that to me is mind boggling because I've never worked with one single client who didn't have a vision for the world that knocked me flat on my butt, you know, just like this lives in all of us. And the more we source ourselves, the more we source our possibility and our purpose, and the more we're willing to and able to show up in the way that we really want to be. So 
a world full of full of like empowered, super happy, badass moms. Oh, it's so good. It'd be pretty incredible to have a bunch of amazingly connected moms. I have two more questions for you. Uh, one is, what would you tell yourself if you had to get in a time machine and go back 20 years or so? What advice would you give to that person? Go now? back 20 years. Okay. Let's see. Oh, man. My first initial, without thinking about it, like thought that popped into my head was, you go girl, go do all the things that you did. (laughs) (laughs) Celebration. (laughs) Because I had great friends and I lived abroad and I traveled for a living for four years. And, um, and I, I really feel lucky and that I have followed my heart for most of my life. And I'm proud of that, you know? Um, I think the thing that I would tell myself is don't be afraid when it comes time to confront your demons. Like you are normal and this is part of the process and it will make you stronger and deeper and braver and wiser. And that pain will be the thing that you use to impact other people, which is all you ever wanted in the first place. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) All right. And also like spirit has your back, girl. Duh. You know, that's kind of like, I knew that, but I would forget that a lot. And like, trusting that this is all happening exactly the way that it's supposed to the good and the bad and all of it is um you know the sort of like the bylaws of what I want to live by Mm. and I'm always working on trusting more and more um and letting go of how I think it's supposed to be but I would have really loved to have told myself that when I was probably in my like late 20s more like 10 years ago 20 years ago I was awesome I was like you know living the life (laughs) (laughs) 10 years ago mine still might be like last year what would I like to tell like 15 minutes ago (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Um, all right, love. Well, I've been saying to everybody, uh, if you had a megaphone to hold and make a statement leading the world into next year, what would your statement be for everybody to lead humans forward? Oh God, it would probably be something in the realm of we are so much less different than we think we are. And something along the lines of like, look for what's true and look for, I'm like holding my heart saying this, very little separates us. And that inside of every single person is is a human, a living, breathing, hurting human. And two, that, that I really wish we would all, and I'm talking to me too here, I'm just as much of a human as everyone else, but that we look for the similarities and we look at one another's pain and we human in each other. Mm. And that would be what I, I wish that we would all do. And, you know, in that we would see that we're really much more connected than we, than we feel we are. Mm. Thank you for that. Super powerful. Mm. Super, thank super powerful. Um, Kristen, I love you so much. I just adore you. Uh, thank you for spending some time with me today and sharing all your nuggets and wisdom and gold. Um, you are an angel on earth. So <laughs> thank you for being with us.
Bye.